Blog Talk Radio. Hi, this is John Hunter Nemechek from Nimco Motorsports, and you're listening to Thursday Night Thunder on the Speedway Digest Radio Network. Hello and welcome to the July 26th edition of the Speedway Digest Thursday Night Thunder, the most hardcore motorsports program on the internet. This episode 145 of the series. I'm your host, Adam Jason Sinclair, and on tonight's program, we'll be reviewing this past weekend of racing, discussing the Xfinity series, the NHRA, and the Pearly World Challenge, and seeing whatever other motorsports information pops into the conversation. First off, a little housekeeping. We're curious how you like the every other week format we've been trying out lately. We know it's the heat of the summer, and honestly, we get burned out every so often and need more time to recharge when the temperature outside is basically unbearable. Visit our Facebook page at http facebook.com slash sd Thursday Night Thunder. And let us know your thoughts. We have a poll question online at the moment that ends on, I believe it's Tuesday of next week. Our first guest this evening is Cesar Baccarella. Baccarella is an American professional stock car racing driver currently competing part-time in the NASCAR Xfinity Series as well as the Pirelli World Challenge. Caesar is coming off of a less-than-stellar performance in the Xfinity Series during the Firecracker 250 but made up for it with a victory in Portland in the Pirelli World Challenge. He's going to be calling in in about two minutes, I'm thinking, so we're going to go ahead and play a brief selection from Ron Pastana and the Fit Crew. Hi, Let's this go is ahead John Hunter Nemechek from Nimco Motorsports, and you're listening to Thursday Night Thunder on the Speedway Digest Radio Network. Since John Hunter Nemechek wanted to say hello, we'll go ahead and let him. But let's go ahead and play Last When You Crash from Ron Pastana and the Pit Crew.
Once again, that was Last When You Crash from Ron Pasana and the Pit Crew. You can go ahead and look up Ron Pasana and the Pit Crew on your favorite internet browser and see if you can find information about the uh, about the amazing automotive rock and roll band. We're currently standing by to talk to Cesar Baccarella, who was recently involved in a crash fest at the high banks of Daytona during the NASCAR Xfinity Firecracker 250. But... I'm not exactly sure if he's going to be calling in this evening. I have my fingers crossed, and I did confirm with him a couple times. I'm not positive he will be calling in, but I have hope. But in case he does not, we're going to go ahead and move along in the script a little bit, and if he does call in, we'll go ahead and welcome him to the program. It was a traditional Ferrari-Porsche battle at Portland International Raceway in the 58th Annual Rose Cup Races, featuring the Pirellic World Challenge presented by Honda Racing HPD as the Ferrari duo of Tony Wielander and Miguel Molina recorded their fourth 2018 GT Sprint X win. Driving the number 61R Ferry Motorsport Ferrari 488 ET3, Wielander, the veteran racer from Finland, and Molina, the young rising star from Spain, came from behind in the second half of the 60-minute two-driver event to defeat the Porsche combination of Michael Christensen and Spencer Pumpley in the number 24 Allegra Motorsports Porsche 911 GT3R by 1.46 seconds at the checkered flag in the 48th lap event. At the start of the round 7 GT Sprint X race, Christensen started from the pole position and held the advantage over Bill Ander, by just over a second, but a quick pit stop for the Ferrari and some sensational outlaps by Molina secured the fourth win of the season by the season point leaders. In addition, the victory helps Freelander extend his GT overall point lead entering Sunday's Round 8 contest, scheduled for 2.25 p.m. in the first PwC event weekend at the 1.7-mile 12-turn road course in 13 years. Third overall in the GT Sprint X race was the Pro-Am pair of 17-year-old Parker Chase of Texas, and veteran Ryan Dial of Scotland and past guest on the program. In the number 19 True Sport Autosports, Audi R8, LMS, and two other program teams filling out the top five finishes with the number 33 TR3 Racing Ferrari 48 GT3 of Dress Siegel, another past guest, and Wade Liu, and the number 55 Dream Racing Motorsports Number Getting a Hurricane GT3 of Yuka Harati and Alessandro Bressan. Winning the AM division Saturday was the tandem of Martin Fuentes of Mexico and Cesar Baccarella in the number 7 Squadra Course Italia Ferrari 488 GT3. Orion Hardwick of Atlanta, Georgia drove his number 27 Dream Racing Motorsports Lamborghini Hurricane to Super Trofeo to the victory in the GT Sprint X Cup Class. It was a tough day for the K-Pax racing squad after two recent victories with two DNFs to the number three of Bentley Continental GT3 with Rodrigo Baptista and Maxine Soulet and the number nine Bentley Continental GT3 with Alvaro Corrente and Andy Susan. This race was considered to be a, pre- a predecessor to the IndyCar event which is going to be taking place in early, next, in early September. I believe it's the last weekend of August, first weekend of September. Um, should be a really good race there. The the IndyCars haven't been to Portland in several years, and the weather is expected to be a little toasty. Hopefully it cools off by then, a couple degrees anyway, and it, uh, it'll it be a really interesting event. It's going to be a, a well-attended event. I know the tickets are almost sold out for that already, so that'll be pretty cool as well. Um, in other racing news, while we're still standing by for, uh, for Caesar to call in, hopefully, um, they recently announced that the uh, 
the Formula One race in Miami that had been talked about for several weeks. Uh, it was actually pretty much a done deal there. It's now not a done deal. It's going to be postponed at least for a year. Um, there is some some interesting local politics news there in Miami that's probably behind that. The main part being that they're going to have a, a first ever uh, referendum on the new stadium that they're going to be building there for the soccer field. Um, it's one of the uh, the Beckham group is going to try and put in a soccer stadium in downtown Miami. They've gone through, I believe, four different locations now. Uh, this current location is on a public golf course. So the city has called for a vote of all the populace to decide whether they're going to give up a public golf course and turn it into a private uh, soccer stadium. I don't think that IndyCar, IndyCar, that, that the uh, IndyCar would have issues there as well. I don't think the Formula One felt that the that the uh, environment, the political environment, especially in Miami, was conducive to having a uh, public street shut down for a for a race over the weekend. So they're going to move back for a year, see if they can do a little bit more research, um, probably try and uh, encourage people in the area to support them, and then see how the political environment changes next season. And we'll see how that goes. Um, I have been to several events there in downtown Miami, several racing events. It's an awesome, awesome area to have a, a race at. They've had, in the past, they had an IndyCar race there. They had an IMSA race there for several years. Um, they had the latest event that was downtown was a Formula E event, uh, which was in a rather short track, pretty much the same uh, same layout that Formula One was considering. But uh, it was kind of neat to have them downtown. That was supposed to be a four-year deal. And again, the uh, political situation in Miami changed that as well. Um, so racing in South Florida is interesting. Uh, it's great on the tracks, um, but the uh, in downtown areas, it doesn't seem to work out quite as well as it used to. And I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing, but it's just the way it is. Um, there's also talk of a, an IndyCar event. As I get back to the IndyCar thing I mentioned a second ago, talk of an IndyCar event coming back to Homestead Miami Speedway next year. Uh, part of that is because the IndyCar schedule is totally in flux for next year. They're leaving certain tracks. They're going to new tracks. They won't be at the uh, at Laguna Seca anymore. They'll be traveling back to... Uh, they won't be at Sonoma anymore. They'll be traveling back to Laguna Seca. Um, there's talk of possibly trying to go to the Circuit of the Americas, which would mean they'd probably end up dropping the Texas Moore Speedway. There's talk of going on additional races with the, with the truck series. Uh, some of that might just be talk. I think a lot of that's probably just talk. But there's a, a lot of different changes happening in IndyCar for next season. That would be pretty cool. Uh, there's also some changes in sports car. Um, they've got the the uh, FIA um, sports car series, which I think they're calling the super season now. That will be coming back to, to uh, Sebring next season. After a long absence, I believe it was it's been almost a decade since the the uh, FIA sports cars came to uh, came to Sebring, so that'll be interesting. I don't think we're going to be going to that race, although there was initial talk that I was going to be trying to head over there, but currently the the hotel situation in Central Florida is already already insane. Um, so heading into Sebring, it would be really really insane, and I'm not going to pay that that much for a uh, a little flophouse type hotel. They want probably four times what they normally charge for the little hotel rooms there around Sebring. And that's a little much. And I know the infield racing, the infield uh, camping things already sold out there. So that's going to get a lot of people in Sebring for the, for the races next year. 
Hopefully the weather's good. Hopefully it's a good race. And hopefully the, uh, we'll pick up some people who can be on the show talking about it next year. I think that'll be that'll be a pretty awesome thing to have the, the people coming in from Europe for that. Um, we are currently talking about going back to the Daytona 24-hour again. Um, so that might be interesting. The past few years has been really, really cold. Um, I'm hoping that this next year it's not cold. Uh, got to knock on something a little more substantial than the wood back here. Uh, but you never know. So, so what's the latest in the Michael Mullally motorsports world? Uh, I don't know. It's kind of hard because my dad is worried about getting in trouble with my mom. But we were just thinking about throwing a car together anyway. So I don't know. But we are going to Wenatchee this weekend to go watch a friend race. And it's only his his third time ever racing, like ever. And his first time was when Efredo was still open. So that'll be pretty interesting. And I have hopes that we'll be on the track at some point or another before the season's over. It's just probably going to take a little longer than anticipated. But it'll happen. So have the fires calmed down out there a little bit? It's still super smoky. I'm not sure if, because at one point we had like, at one point we had three or four fires burning at once. And, I mean, obviously there's still a fire burning somewhere, but I know that the Wenatchee one got put out, which is good. Um, But it's, still super smoky, so I know that there's still a couple burning, but it's only the middle of the fire season, so I don't think it's going to quite calm down for at least another month. Mm. Now, hopefully this next, uh, the next race you plan going to isn't as, isn't burned out like the last one you plan on going to was. Yeah, that one really sucked too, because I really wanted to go to that. But, I don't think there's a fire burning right next to the track this weekend. So we will see. But if it's super smoky, I don't know if I want to go. But we'll see. Who knows? Maybe it will be perfect weather and the racing will be perfect. There's only one way to find out. Mm -hmm. As we're standing by for our next guest, we're going to go ahead. And since John Harnum Trek wanted to be on the show twice this evening, we'll go ahead and replay his interview from... I think it's like two years ago now. So this will be our Throwback Thursday interview with John Hunter Nemechek. We plowed to welcome him back to the program. The show again. I know you've had some pretty good uh, good success in the NASCAR Camper World Truck Series. And I want to ask you, what's been the most important thing you've learned in your time in NASCAR thus far? Uh, the most important thing I've learned in NASCAR has had to be patient. Um, without patience, you aren't going to run well, especially at all these racetracks that we go to. In the trucks, it's very hard to pass aerodynamically um, from getting underneath someone to getting loose under them to being behind someone and getting tight behind them. So um, you have to learn all the aspects of aerodynamics, but you also have to be patient when you're making passes. Do you think that having experienced all the major tracks in the circuit so far will help you succeed in 2016? Most definitely. I think having experienced all of the major tracks, especially 
probably at the last seven for the chase now. Now, now that we've won a race, we're chase eligible. So uh, very looking forward to going to those racetracks uh, for the second time, knowing exactly what I need in the truck in order to run better. And then plus, we have notes to fall back on. What do you think some of the qualities are a young race race driver needs to succeed in the series? Um, you, you definitely have to have talent. You have to know when to make a move, when not to make a move, how to race people. Um, there's a lot of things that you have to learn in order to make it um, to race against the veterans. I mean, anyone can run in the series, but to run competitive uh, competitively, you have to be able to learn from the veterans around you, ask questions, figure out the racetracks, and then also have good equipment. Which track are you most looking forward to this season? Uh, that's a difficult question. Um, I'd have to say all of the chase tracks and then getting to that Final Four at Homestead. I mean, to win the Drivers' Championship, you're going to have to be there at Homestead, so I'm looking forward to that one. How do you feel about the rule changes instituted by NASCAR this year, such as the caution clock in the uh, in the truck series? I think the caution clock was a great addition. It actually helped save us last week at Atlanta. Um, just being able to utilize that for one of our resources and being able to play the strategy game with it. Um, I think it's going to be a good addition. I mean, last year, if you go back and look at the races, there was only five times um, that it would have been used um, throughout the year. So we've already used it a couple of times. I'm sure we'll use it a couple more, but I think it's going to make for great racing. If you were in charge of NASCAR for one day, what changes would you make? <laughs> uh, that's a difficult question. Um, I, I wouldn't say there would be one certain thing I'd change. Um, it would have to be uh, multiple things um, that you'd end up changing in order to make the series better or to make the cost go down, um, whatever it may be, um, to just to make everything better from a fan perspective. And where do you see yourself in five years? In five years, I know what I would like to be doing is, I mean, in five years you want to be running a cup car competing for wins and championships, but um, we're going to see what the time brings. Um, take it day by day and um, work our hardest to get to that point. Well, we wish, wish you lots of luck for the rest of the season, and thank you very much for coming on today. Thank you. Talk to you later. Hi, this is Kristen Kenny from Red Bull Global Rallycross, and you're listening to Thursday Night Thunder on the Speedway Digest Radio Network. Are you a race car driver, crew chief, pit member, track owner, or maybe you're just a huge fan of the sport? Contact either Michael Mullally or myself to get your spot on the show. After all, you deserve your 15 minutes of fame, and we'd love to hear from you. We've got a few more minutes, so our next guest is going to be on the show. So let's go ahead and listen to another brief selection from Ron Pastana and the pit crew. Let's hear Devil in Your Helmet. It's always a good one. Star 
a race car It sure looks bent Will you be here next week? And are we still friends? I really didn't mean it It was a racing deal I got a little too close It got a little too real Then you checked up in the corner And I tapped you in the rear You went spinning somewhere And it's all so clear There's a devil in your helmet Who's on tonight Devil in your helmet Giving bad advice It's been a good day so far I put her in the show Nice and pretty outside front row Two laps later, baby's on a rail Going for the lead with the devil on my tail Little wham, bam, thank you ma'am, where'd they all go? Late break, burn, turn, there's the wall, no Please not the radiator, please not the clip You may be the savior, but here's a little tip well, there's a devil in your helmet Who's on tonight Devil in your helmet Giving bad advice Again, that was Devil in Your Helmet by Ron Bassan and the Pit Crew. Our next guest is Steve Johansson. Steve competes in the IHRA Super Pro and Super Street classes, driving a 1968 Plymouth Barracuda. He has won nine season championships at four different tracks and was named the IHRA Division VI Hot Rod Champion in 2015. He's slated to be on any moment now, so we're going to go ahead and stand by for him. Hopefully he won't be too late. I have faith that he'll actually be calling in pretty soon, though. So, it's going to be a pretty busy weekend of racing this weekend as well. Uh, we're all looking forward to uh, 
to a nice, even, happy weekend of racing with lots of uh, great action. Hopefully it's a great weekend. We are now happy to welcome Steve Johansson to the program. Hello, Hello. how are you doing this evening? I'm doing great. How about yourself? Pretty good, pretty good. First off, how did you get your start in racing? You know, I was about, uh, I was always a gearhead uh, growing up. You know, my first car was actually a 69 Super B that my brother gave me. Blown up motor and everything. I rebuilt it in the backyard. It lasted about three months. But uh, anyways, he took me one day. We went to uh, went up to Spokane for the AHRA World Finals, and I watched drag racing for the first time live and been hooked ever since. Awesome. What's the fastest you've ever gone in a race car? You know, uh, uh, in the quarter mile, I've gone uh, 980s at about 140 miles an hour. Not too bad. Growing up, who was your favorite driver? You know, I'd have to say Richard Petty. I was always a big uh, big fan of, of Richard's. And then uh, later on in life, uh, Don Garlitz. I actually got to see him uh, in Spokane, got to talk to him. It was, it was quite a deal. Cool. How many events do you compete in each year? You know, currently I go to about 10 weekends a year. Uh, the, my home track, they run double headers. So, so I, I try to race the points title at my home track in Walla Walla. And then, uh, and then do a little bit of traveling whenever I can. And what's your favorite track? You know, I'd have to say Walla Walla is my favorite track. I got a, I got a ton of great friends there. And, you know, it's just a real, really good run deal. Uh, also, uh, I'd have to give a shout out to Firebird Raceway in Boise, Idaho. They they run a, it is the best run racetrack I've ever seen. Awesome. Well, let me throw you out to my co-host, Mike Mullally, as I have a question for you as well. Okay. So, of all the events that you compete in, which would you say is your favorite? You know, I really like the, I like the ET Finals. You know, uh, Summit sponsors that deal, and, and you get a. You know, you get to basically race as a team. Normally, normally when you're racing, you know, you're, it's you against everybody else. But when you go to the ET Finals, it's more of a team event. You know, all the all the other guys or girls from your from your home track. You know, you're racing as a team event. It's a it's a super super good time. Lots of fun. And if you could own your own racetrack, do you think you would? Yeah, it's funny because I think every drag racer I know always always figures they could do it better, but. Uh, I've been doing this for so long that that uh, that I'll tell you. I think it's a no. <laughs> it's a tough job. It's a real tough job to run a racetrack. And, you know, my hats off to all the people that do it. So yeah, I, I don't want any part of it. And what do you think could be done to bring more fans to the stands? That's the one thing about drag racing. Unless you're talking about stuff that's really fast and really loud, it's not a it's not a huge spectator sport. Most of the people that come to it are you know are usually friends or family members of the people racing. You know, as far as at the at the little level, the bracket level. But I, I can tell you one thing: having a really good announcer uh, really helps a lot. You know, a guy that can explain the sport to people. You know, as it as it's happening, and uh, yeah, that's that's invaluable there. And what advice would you give to someone wanting to get into the sport? So unlike a lot of motorsports, you can drag race almost anything. It's So you don't have to have a lot of money. You don't have to have a really fast car. You know, you can bracket race almost anything. So so my advice would be just do it. You know, there's there's a, you can get on the NHRA website, There's a or IHRA for that matter. There's a host of 
you know, uh, local tracks. Uh, every state has at least one, and a lot of them have, you know, six or seven. And just go do it. I mean, it's it's a lot of fun. And my final question for you this evening, what is your greatest racing moment? You know, I got a couple. I've been really fortunate, you know, to uh, my whole career. But so the year I won the Halloween Classic in Boise, my uh, my youngest son, Jake, was also racing junior dragster at the time. And he ended up winning on the same day, so I got to share the winner's circle with him. And and then at a at a National Dragster Challenge race in Walla Walla, uh, my older son Matt was racing our 72 Challenger and Sportsman, and and we ended up winning on the same day too. So that was those were both really really cool days. What's your ultimate racing goal? You know, just have fun. <laughs> I, you know, I've, I mean, I've, I've been fortunate. I've won a lot of races. You know, lost even more, but, uh, but met a ton of, ton of really nice people that I call friends, and, and uh, just have fun. You know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna continue to do it as long as I'm still having fun. Awesome. Well, thank you very much for coming on the show tonight, and we hope you have a, a great rest of the season and a, and a continuing success in your career. Thank you very much. Thank you. Have a nice evening. You too. Once again, that was Steve Johansson, who competes in the IHRA Super Pro and Super Street classes, basically competing in Walla Walla, Washington, although he travels to a few other events as well. John Force raced to his 149th career funny car victory and first in over a year at the first stop on the three consecutive race westerns, western swing at the Dodge Mile High and NHRA Nationals at Vandermeer Speedway. Leah Pritchett in Top Fuel, Greg Anderson, Pro Stock, and Hector Rana Jr., Pro Stock Motorcycle, were also winners in their respective categories at the 14th of 24 events on the 2018 NHRA Mellow Yellow Drag Racing Series schedule. Forrest was in his 13th career final round at Bandemir Speedway and was pitted against Ron Caps and his Seek Chevrolet Camaro SS. Forrest was able to lead the line ahead of Caps for a winning pass of 4.075 seconds at 315.42 miles per hour to the losing run of 4.067 at 308.71. This is his eighth win at the facility. Forrest became the winningest funny car winner at Vandermeer Speedway, and this is his first win at the facility since 2016. He defeated Matt Hagen, Cruz Pedregon, and Courtney Forrest to advance to the finals. Pritchett dominated the top fuel category during the course of the weekend en route to her second win of the season and the seventh in her career, piloting her Dodge Mopar 1320 Drags. <coughs> Excuse me. She was the number one qualifier for the second consecutive event, and the 10th time in her career. She faced Doug Coletta in the finals and raced a winning pass of 3.831 at 316.45 miles per hour to losing run of 3.852 at 319.82. Pritchett defeated Terry Totten, Scott Palmer, and Clay Milliken for her first win at Vandermeer Speedway. In pro stock, Anderson raced his one of the year, third at the facility and the 91st in his career when he defeated his teammate Jason Line in the finals. Anderson's 6.943 at 196.53 passed in the Summit Racing Equipment Chevy Camaro to the losing run at 6.947 at 196.19, giving the victory to snap his winless streak. Anderson also retook the points lead in the category. Anderson defeated Joey Gross, Vincent Nobile, and Jay Coughlin Jr. to advance to the finals. Hector Arana Jr. raced to his first win since the St. Louis event in 2015 on his Lucas Oil EBR for his 12th career win when he bested Dre Savoie in the finals. 
Ron Jr. was victorious at the start of the race when Savoie red lit. Ron Jr. went on to a record to record a pass of 7.170 at 185.89. This was the first final round of the year for Rana Jr. The 2018 NHRA Meligo Drag Racing Series continues with the Toyota NHRA Sonoma Nationals at Sonoma Raceway this weekend, starting tomorrow, July 27th through the 29th. As I say, it's going to be a really busy weekend in racing. The, uh, the NHRA is in, is in Sonoma. The uh, NASCAR has a rather busy weekend, as they always do. And it's going to be a pretty good weekend weather-wise, at least the uh, the forecast at most of the facilities that they're going to be racing at this week is hot, but at least there's not much rain around. So hopefully it's all a good re- weekend of racing all around. Be sure to check out past episodes of Thursday Night Thunder, as well as the other shows on the Speedway Digest Radio Network at speedwaydigestradionetwork.com. You can also check out the show on Facebook by searching for Speedway Digest Thursday Night Thunder in the search bar. I also invite you to read the articles covering all aspects of motorsports at SpeedwayDigest.com. I probably have about 20 different articles from me posting in the next couple of days on SpeedwayDigest.com, most of them in the racing news section. So be sure to check those out. We have some information about Alex Tagliani, who was a past guest in the program, as well as other, other information, mostly about NHRA, as well as other forms of motorsports. So they'll be going on the racing news section in the next couple of days. In addition, if you're a fan of South Florida and who isn't, be sure to check out the latest news and information about our slice of paradise at Palm Beach Happening, which can be found by visiting palmbeach.happeningmag.com. We currently have two different contests running on that page. One of them is our summer staycation sweepstakes, where you can win two free tickets to Daytona Lagoon, a, uh, a private ghost tour in Delray Beach, and probably a few other different prizes that we'll throw in along the way. We also have our Shark Week contest going on, where you can win a... Uh, a pre-screening of the Meg at the uh, the AutoNation IMAX Theater in downtown Fort Lauderdale, located next to the Museum of Discovery and Science. Both of the contests, you can find information by going to palmbeach.happeningmag.com or by searching for us on on Twitter at PB Happening or on Facebook at Palm Beach Happening. Be sure to check those out in the next few days as both of those contests end next week. Thank you for listening, and we look forward to seeing you again next week in the Thunderdome as we discuss the major issues in the world of modern auto racing. Have a great night, and thanks again.